Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 19, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 80, um, the paragraph that begins, The Chances Are... Um, the reference, uh, uh, let's see, today's readers are Santa on the 12 Steps, Melanie on the Traditions, and reading the text are Katie F., Jill, Arini, and Lauren. The reference number for yesterday, June 18th, is 6520. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for Your Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Santa to read the 12 steps. Press star one, Santa, to unmute. Good morning. My name is Santa. I recover compulsive overeater from New Jersey. These are the 12 steps of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to the alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa. I will now ask Melanie to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered com- compulsive overeater, an Oregonian calling in from California today. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Melanie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness at purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. When you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 80, the paragraph at the bottom of the page beginning, the chances are that we have had domestic troubles. Um, and we will read two paragraphs and focus shares on the second paragraph. And I will ask Katie F. to get us started today. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. The chances are that we have domestic troubles. Perhaps we are mixed up with women in a fashion we wouldn't care to have advertised. We doubt if, in this respect, alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people. But drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. After a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful, and uncommunicative. How could she be anything else? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences to look around in the nightclubs or their equivalent for something besides liquor. Perhaps he is having a secret and exciting affair with the girl who understands. In fairness, we must say that she may understand, but are, what are we going to do about a thing like that? A man so involved often feels very remorseful at times, especially if he is married to a loyal and courageous girl who has literally gone through hell for him. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. If we are, not sh- if we are sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always, we think. If she knows in a general way what we have been wild, should we tell her in detail? Undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She will want to know who, is, who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry what we have done, and, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we, more than that we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there may be justifiable exceptions, and though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this the best course to take. And so, you know, this again is focusing back to the fact that we don't um, we don't do this on our own. We don't uh, we don't decide. Um, there's no formula for exactly how every person should um, handle every situation. We need to press into God and ask, um, you know, to build a network of people and a sponsor that we can trust um, to help to guide us through these situations. We shouldn't be doing any of these amends um, on our own is, is the bottom line, that we, we don't, um, we don't, uh, ease our own conscience at the expense of someone else. And, you know, I've had people make amends to me under those circumstances where they felt bad for something they had done. I didn't even know they did it. And all they did was make me feel horrible because, you know, <laughs> now I knew what they thought about me or I knew what they had done. And it, there was absolutely no reason for me to know. So, you know, we just have to be very careful in how we take these steps and we don't just, you know, we don't just run ahead so that we can um, feel better. It's, it, it isn't, you know, as um, someone says, you know, we're in the um, muck and mire when we're 
looking at all this stuff and we want to quickly get out of it, but it really does take time and uh, clear um, directions from our higher power and, um, you know, direction from a sponsor. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, KDF. Who would like to share on the second paragraph? Well, this is Kathy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I will share on this. There's a lot here. Um, for me, um, the uh, the whole area of sex relations is one, as it says in the big book, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have some problem with it. Um, and so when I um, came to my ninth step, um, I had several amends uh, that I thought I needed to make um, based on my fourth step sex conduct inventory. And it was only in uh, working with my sponsor that first I saw that in some instances, an amends was not called for because what was involved were thoughts and feelings and reactions in my head that the other person was not even aware of. Um, And that does not call for an amends. We're making amends for our behavior and words that may have hurt another person. And then in the other situations, I really had to practice write, read, um, get feedback from my sponsor before I actually went ahead and approached, uh, in one case, it was my um, husband, and in another case, um, it was um, a male friend from a number of years ago. And so um, I would say that this is the area that for me was most difficult and really presented me with a lot of fear when I first contemplated making these amends. And um, as we've often noted, that those most difficult amends are also sometimes the most um, growth-enhancing, and that was certainly true for me. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Kathy Kay, thank you for your service. Um, you know, whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. If we are not sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always we think. Just a good reminder, as was previously stated, that, you know, we use... <laughs> Uh, the experience of others, and thank God we have many people to um, consult with, you know, regarding how to um, conduct ourselves in these amends. I mean, it's true that, you know, our selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept our homes uh, in turmoil. That That's true. And, um, you know, we have 
caused harms um, by our behavior. You know, but, uh, you know, our literature reminds us that we have to be hard on ourselves but always considerate of other people. We always have to think about what the repercussions are, you know, once we speak. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of, you know, squeezing toothpaste out of a tube. Once it's out of that tube, there ain't no going back in. So we have to be very careful as to what our language is going to be in these exchanges. We do have to be hard on ourselves, absolutely. How free do we want to be? But we always have to be considerate of other people because we have to be sure to remember we cannot buy our own peace of mind at the expense of other people. You know, it's not... uh, (laughs) It's not the goal of this program for us to be sleeping well at night and yet our spouses or loved ones now are up all night. All we've done is transferred a problem over to them and now they're jealous or upset. So that's, you know, something that we need to think about. Um, These people have been hurt in our lives and there is no statute of limitations um, on a broken heart, that's for sure. But, you know, the big book um, makes it clear that we, you know, proceed uh, in, you know, carefully here. We have to use good judgment. And who has good judgment? Well, those who have trudged this path, you know, before us, our sponsors or other members of the fellowship who um, are seasoned in this. Perhaps they've had... Uh, similar experiences or have years or decades in working with other people through these steps. Um, The literature also reminds us a careful sense of timing. Uh, That's why step nine is placed in the process exactly where it is. You know, the first three steps put us back together in terms of our relationship with God. There is a God and we're not it. Steps four through seven put us back into proper relationship with our minds, meaning we have examined our behavior. We've examined our thinking. We've examined our core belief system. We have examined uh, the way we behave and our interactions with other people. Now, after that examination and understanding of what our patterns are, now we are properly prepared in steps eight and nine to leave the house and interact with other people. There is a careful sense of timing here. And yes, it does take courage, but of course we remember we don't go into these step nines by ourselves. You know, we're not, we're not ashamed while, while doing nine-step work. This is not an exercise in beating oneself up. This is an amends process, which is very spiritual and a very dignified process. We're in the process of trying to do the right thing. We're in the process of trying to set an example, you know, for ourselves, for other people, uh, in terms of, you know, living a spiritual life. We're sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it should not be repeated. Um, but again, we have to tread with, with good judgment, with careful sense of timing, with courage, and with prudence, meaning we don't delay. Why can't we delay? <laughs> Why can't we rebel? Because... That's fatal. That's dangerous. So obviously we're pressed in. Once again, it just reminds me, you know, of that pressure that I felt in this process and continue to feel in this process because <laughs> where where is there to go? What, what are we going to do? You know, if, if we don't do this work, um, you know, uh, we will we will be subjective uh, back to the um, madness and mayhem of this illness. 
And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Larry. Hi, Larry. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for your service. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive leader from Chicago. Um, you know, when when I when I um, years ago when I first went through um, the ninth step, I did it alone. <laughs> I uh, I didn't do it with the guidance of the sponsor. Of course, <laughs> of course, that was completely disastrous. Okay. Um, I didn't have the guidance of someone who went through this process and could see the pitfalls and uh, the challenges that lie, you know, that, that that lie ahead for many of us with this, um, you know. And without going into the circumstances, I just I just didn't understand the program, you know. And I was still too uh, self-centered, um, you know, to to even I, I'm not sure that I was even capable at that time of understanding you know, the importance, as it's been said, of this process, going through going through it with integrity, you know, going through it um, in detail. Um, not so much <clears throat> what we say, but also what we don't say. You know, there's, there's, a, there's, there's, there's an art to this as well, you know, because what are we trying to do with Step 9? Remember, in Steps 4 through 7, you know, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get right with ourselves. In Steps 8 and 9, we're trying to get right with others. I didn't get right with others that first uh, time. Now, you know, juxtaposed to that idea <clears throat> is, you know, yes, last night I was on the phone with um, with a sponsee for a couple hours, and um, I don't want a trophy, don't want a medal, but <laughs> while I was on the phone, we were discussing, um, by the way, I get as much from it as, as, as he did, believe me. Believe you me, but it was he's on step nine and he's he's in, about to embark on this uh, the very first person. So the decision about who the person was, you know, we're you know we're together collaboratively working together. The decision on you know how does he approach that person, you know, to 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 ask to make the amends, and then how does he go about making amends? And uh, you know, and and I gave him some guidance, you know, on 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 how to do this and some preparation. This is not something you go into just kind of, you know, uh, excuse me, half-assed. You know, you go into this with uh, preparation and guidance from someone who's been through this process before. So it was a person, you know, it was a woman, um, you know, that he's had a long history with, and he caused a tremendous amount of harm, and he still has some resentments and and. Uh, some other things in that regard. So sometimes we uh, have harmed people we resent and sometimes not, but this one, uh, there was both. So we went through it in detail and he read to me, you know, I asked him to write about how he would approach it. We don't go into this um, and wing it. There's no winging it, you know? And so uh, he read and, and I gave him some, you know, we, we asked for God's guidance and uh and and uh and i and I gave him some you know some suggestions and, and ideas one of the things I thought there was too much focus on you know kind of like not to simplify it, but I did this, but you know too much but you know, and I think that's what we're reading in this in this paragraph too that you know there's a way to go about this, do we need to share you know everything are we like leah said are we do we want to uh, unburden ourselves and sleep uh, wonderful that night, but then now this other person has been harmed in the process and, it's, you know, we've dumped a whole lot of uh, uh, stuff onto this person? Of course not. That's not going to do us good. That's not going to do that person good. 
So, um, again, you know, just a, a real um, notion of, of, of getting the guidance from someone, from someone who's been through this process, recognizing, you know, the purpose of it and taking it very seriously. And then we're going we're gonna to get from this, again, in all these steps, we are looking to get right and to change and to get right with a, the higher power of our understanding. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. Hi, Janice. Go ahead, please. Good morning to you, Kathy, and everyone. Yes, um, <clears throat> not to beat a horse down here, but we feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. Sometimes a sponsee will say, well, you know what, if I don't make amends to that other person, you know, then I'm not going to, then I'm holding something back. Well, that's not the truth because, um, you know, it's, it, it's, we know we're sorry, we can give it to God, but if we involve another person, that does more harm. You know, oh, i got to be honest, i got to, you know, tell the other. But, you know, with the skill of a sponsor, um, we can suggest that they don't, you know. And the the best thing to do is um, not repeat the behavior. You see, um, that would, would make an amends to the other person. It's just stop the behavior, don't do it anymore, and you will not continue to hurt the other person and I love this book there's no rule you know there are justifiable you know exceptions and you know we're not God as sponsors either but we can only use our experience to say now you know hopefully the sponsee will will take that suggestion because we have you know we have learned through our experience that this is the best way but of course the best master to to ask and listen to is my higher power. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Okay, we'll move on to the next one, and I'd like to ask Jill to read that for us. Can you hear me, Kathy? I can, Jill. Thank you. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Jill, compulsive reader, recovered in Connecticut. Um, there are very few paragraphs in this book that I can't identify in with, and this is one of them. Thank you, God. Um, however, that wasn't about virtue. Um, how I viewed my body and my obsession with weight and food um, just kept me from these types of scrapes. Um, the mental obsession with food made it very difficult for me to have anyone in my life. Um, there was no room for anyone else other than the food. So uh, I don't have any personal experience with this area, so thank you for allowing me to read second. I have worked with others who have a great deal of regret in this area, and we have to be very careful here not to do harm to others. And I'm grateful for the guidance of this book. Uh, it gives us a great deal of caution. We don't get well at the expense of others, and we don't cause still more harm. Um, so I've seen a lot of freedom in this area as people live out amends and 
um, stop talking to individuals that they flirted with and and uh, to be uh, kinder to their spouses um, so that not no more pain is created in the lives of others. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you, Jill. And who would like to share on this paragraph? The short one, maybe we don't have commentary. Wait a few more seconds to see if anybody would like to share. Okay, Irini, I would like to ask you to read the next paragraph for us. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Okay, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we are dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Good generalship may decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than risk a face-to-face combat. And here, the whole purpose is to make amends and to clear away our past and not make things worse, to first pray, then listen, and to always have the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. And this is the shift from self to other. You know, we, we no longer take action on our own, but with holding onto God's hand, it is in our actions that, you know, we reflect God's light. It is the advice of others that have been through this already. Um, dealing with the most terrible human emotion, jealousy, is being out of character. And this is about building character. Um, It's not about not being aligned with God. When we are aligned with God, then we have kindness and love in our hearts. And there's no room for jealousy. So that means there is no self-seeking. You know, our hearts are transformed um, from having a hard heart from our emotions to having a soft heart from being healed by the grace of God and living in the principles. So then we are controlled by what? By love, by peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Irene. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Yes, Bella. Go ahead, please. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful, thankful recovered compulsive overeater. 
Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Um, we are dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Wow. Yes, before the program, I had sometimes and a lot of times the feeling of jealousy, but I didn't know what to do with this. For sure, I wanted to to ignore it, that nobody should know that I am jealous because to be jealous is a bad person. And I didn't want people to know how bad I am. So I just put uh, under the carpet, how we say, the feeling of jealousy. No, 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 I am not jealous. But I was choking with myself because I know what I feel. And I was just lying to myself and to others. So what's a wonder that I just ran to the food because I didn't feel comfortable with myself. I didn't like self. I didn't respect myself. And the food was my solution. I just hate to be jealous. And I hate that people are jealous at me. Now, thank God, thank God that I am in the program. I have the tools to deal with the feelings. I don't have to run away from them. Yes, and it's a terrible emotion, the jealousy. Now, thank God that I am in the program. I know how to deal with this. I know that I am human, and therefore I have my limitations. And I am never alone. I am always with the power and the strength from God. So now I can... I. Thank God, I am not. I am not afraid to be aware. And when I have this feeling of jealousy, I just know to pause and to say, Bella, wait a minute. Why do you are jealous? At whom you are jealous? And all the my fourth step inventory and to know. Okay, so. What is my part in this jealousy? And it's a freedom. I don't have to run away, not from the, the, the situation, not for myself, and not to prove, and not to get approval. It's a freedom that I can feel the, the feelings, even if it's happy, or sometimes if it's the terrible emotion is jealousy. I am not alone. I am connected to God of love and respect. Thank you for letting me share and this. Thank you, Bella. Who else would like to share? Sheila? Sheila, please go ahead. Hi, Sheila H. from New York. Thank you for your service. I wanted to definitely share about this emotional um, jealousy feeling because I don't, it's something that's in, in me and I really don't like when it comes up. Um, I have to take that pause. I thank the last person for speaking and sharing. It is a cause to be still and know that I am a child of Most High God and that I am enough just where I am and what I have. And I also take those opportunities to thank God for the gifts that he has given me and see how can I be of service to him or someone during the day. But those feelings do come up, the feelings of deprivation and why this one has this in their life or whatever about another person seems to all fall in line and my struggle seems to always be an uphill battle. Um, 
but then I have to rely on a power greater than myself to remind myself that I am just enough just the way I am and um, thank God for the gift that he's given me and show him that by using it of service. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Okay, um, let's see. Lauren, would you read the next paragraph for us? Yes. Hi. Lauren S., as in Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater. If we have no, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, if we have no such complication, there is plenty we should do at home. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober. Certainly, he must keep sober, for there will be no home if he doesn't. But he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents, whom for he is so shockingly treated. Passing all understanding is the patience mothers and wives have had with alcoholics. Had this not been so, many of us would have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. Okay, fellas, um, I do relate to this as without the support of my parents, I would be homeless. And um, this is something that perhaps some of you on the line can meditate on. Ask God, as it says in our morning meditation, is there anything I'm putting before my recovery? Am I pursuing the program of recovery for this seemingly hopeless disease, just like I pursued the food, whether you're recovered or not? Um, Perhaps, you know, I hear people say abstinence is the most important thing today. Are you just abstinent only? You know, this would be a good way to review your bedevilments on page 52, which is what happens when we're just abstinent and not working on our spiritual malady. This program is not... It's it's a this is a a kind and in this getting recovered is an easy and soft method compared to the disease, but this is um, this is a program where you if you're comforted you're going to be disturbed, and if you're disturbed you're going to be comforted by the solution. And step nine that we, oh, geez, is when those promises that we are going to be reading in about a page and a half are going to start to come true. And like was mentioned about 20 minutes ago, when I went in this, I had a two-step guide who made my eighth-step and then my ninth, a very organized and clear process. 
And if my eighth step, I am here to tell you, was very stressful, and it was longer than my fourth step. And my sponsor, I needed her because I didn't have the power, and I didn't. Ha- I wasn't getting into that wheelbarrow with God until I went out and made my amends. So he is a long way from making good to the wife or parents. When I made my amends to my parents, I realized that if they, they weren't going to be open arms to this program of recovery, to um, my amending the relationship, because if they were to be completely open arms and gung-ho about this new Lauren version too, they would have to have a mental disease because the way that I treated them was insane, harmful, selfish for not just the six or seven years of my disease, but the 22 years I spent running on self-will. So I have to remind myself to not have expectations for how my parents and other people are going to respond in the amends. I'm going to close with a quote, one of our dear fellows, shared with me she said expectations are planned resentments so when you're going into your men's god willing as this program teaches us keep your mind open and don't expect that that person is going to respond in a way that you wish them to and that's okay okay thank you i'll pass thank you Laura. miriam miriam Okay, Miriam, go ahead, please. Thank you, Kathy. This is Miriam, a compulsive overeater calling from Israel, living in the solution one day at a time. Wow, I'm just so grateful for this process. And and really, you live this process every single day and every single moment. Uh, you know, I went through with the steps with the recovery sponsor, and she was guiding me all, all the way, uh, you know, she was really supportive and, and really going hand in hand where I was. And I do remember that she told me when we finished the steps, when, you know, we just started doing my amends and, and living in 10, 11, and 12, she said, Miriam, this is the beginning. You know, it's not the end. Because, uh, you know, many times we think, oh, I'll do all the steps and I will be free and everything is going to be okay. Yes, thanks God. There is a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening. And a lot is, a lot is uh, you know, happens at that time. But more and more I discover how much I need to depend and and trust and rely on my high power because I'm totally powerless about my life and and I know how much how many mistakes I made you know you know when I was a child or when I was a teenager or whatever when I lived with my parents you know about my expectations from them and and not being thankful for anything they gave I wanted more and more and more and in a way you know I kind of repeat the same kind of pattern with my my husband which I realize he's a saint that he's been putting up with me all these years. Um, I only have gratitude uh, to this program and, and, of course, to my loving God and my and all the people that has been around uh, my my process. Uh, I have no words to 
of gratitude that now I can pass this experience to others and I can see that, you know, I'm not alone in this world and we're all trudging and we're all trying our best and and now we have a, we have tools to follow and I'm never going to be a saint, I'm never going to be an angel, I'm always going to be a human being, but the difference is that now I can do something about it when, when I make mistakes, and mistakes are meant to happen, and they will always happen, and the food is only the beginning, you know, the continuation of this work is up to the last day in this world, one day at a time, one moment at a time, I'm just so grateful, I have no words of gratitude, thank you so much, and I pass. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Kim? Sarah. Uh, Kim, I heard someone right behind you. Who else? Sarah. Sarah. Okay, great. Kim and then Sarah. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Kathy. My name is Kim Jane. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober. Oh, that hurts. I mean, that's what I thought. Everyone should just be happy that I'm not eating and I'm not fat anymore. They should not expect anything else. And that's such a a selfish way to live. And that's what we're trying to learn here, that selfish and self-centeredness is the root of our trouble. So we're we're being here and we're we're saying that being sober is enough is a pretty selfish way. We're, We're disregarding all the ways that we've harmed people. You know, and one of the ways that loopholes that I have seen, that I have done and I see people I work with do is, well, this one's only a living amends. And living amends is not in the big book. And in my humble opinion, living amends is every single amends. Because we are making an amends to someone and we're saying we're going to change our behavior. So a non-living amends would mean we're going to apologize and go back to the old behavior. So every amends is a living amends. We are saying now that we are changing. However, we still have to make an amends so they know that we were wrong. You know, it brings me back to page 79 where it says, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences may be. And we try to use that loophole of all if it harms them or others. But you know what? I am not them. And I am not others. So whatever the personal consequences to me, I need to make that amends, and then I have to change that behavior. So that was a loophole I know I tried to use. It's only a living amends. They are just going to be grateful that I am sober and I am no longer fat. And just to say another thing, going back to the prior paragraph where it says, good generalship may decide that the problem will be attacked on the flank rather than face-to-face combat, there's a lot of my amends were that I was very passive-aggressive. And I had to look at not only what my actions were, but what was my inaction. How did my inaction help people, I mean hurt people? So, for example, with my brother, I was so jealous. My brother got blonde hair and blue eyes. I was stuck with the brown hair and brown eyes. My brother never had a weight problem. I always did. My brother had lots of girlfriends. I never got a boyfriend. And I hated him for it, and I withdrew, and I seized inside, and I never said a kind word to him. That inaction was hurtful. So to go to him and tell him how jealous I was, yeah, that would not be, that would not be appropriate. So my amends was, because my, my harm was inaction, I had to take action. 
And I told my brother about how much I loved him and I admired him as a father and I admired him as a husband and all the good qualities that he has because I spent my childhood depriving him of any type of affection or, or gratitude for who he was. So we have to remember that this amends process is so essential. I want to be free. Being sober is not enough. Justifying why we don't make amends and making just living amends is not enough. If I have hurt someone through my action or my inaction, this process gives us clear-cut directions of how we can right that wrong and we can live a life free of resentment, free of fear, and free of our sex conduct. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And um, Sarah, please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. This is Sarah. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, everybody has shared so beautifully this morning. I wanted to go back um, just for a moment and, and pick up uh, where it said in the beginning of interact, interaction, it said, solitary self-appraisal insufficient, you know, just to go back to the few paragraphs we read before, um, and that if we skip this vital step, we may not over, overcome drinking. So it is vital, uh, extremely important for me to do this. And I was thinking about, uh, I'm a little emotional just thinking about it, but, you know, I was really able to make my amends with my mother, and I'm so grateful for it before she died. And my amends was the way I behaved and treated my parents was completely different for the last 15 years of of my mother's life. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity with God's help. And I think one of the things that really happens during the steps is not only do we change our behavior, but we really get to change our beliefs and our value system. It becomes completely different. And we no longer are so driven by, you know, me, I, give me those things come back in little pieces because we are human, but we do truly have the desire to to live in love and tolerance because that is our code. And I remember listening to an OA meeting one time with my mother on the phone. It was a 12 noon meeting. And I remember my mother listening with me. She had never heard a 12-step meeting. And she always had this like thought that it was it was religious and it was, you know, specifically one type of religion. And she said, you know, wow, I can't believe that it's it's totally spiritual. And um, you know, the the idea of living amends is really about, you know, not only changing my my behaviors, but the the core of me changes. The core of me changes because I realize that I am human, and so is everybody else. That's the key. Everybody else is. And people try their best most of the time, just as I do. But none of us are perfect. And I can finally get right-sized and see that, and then I realize I no longer need to put up the wall or act like I'm the best or the biggest or the most. I'm so grateful for the step, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. 
Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Okay, we're getting towards the end of the meeting, so I'm not going to move on Leia? to another. Oh, go ahead, Leah. Go ahead. Sorry, thank you very much. Um, I'll make it brief so you can share also. Um, you know, sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober. Uh, he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he so shockingly treated. Um, you know, what is the root of our problem? I mean, is our problem food and weight? Absolutely not. Our problem, uh, you know, that is just a symptom and a symbol of, you know, a deeper problem. The root problem is the self-centeredness, and we have been the creators of chaos and conflict with everybody and everything. I mean, our behavior, the way we uh, react and interact with other people um, has affected people, our irresponsibility, our lack of dependability, our inability to be emotionally available, our uh, resistance, uh, to be physically intimate with spouses, um, you know, our angry, uh, sullen type of moods, um, you know, if we were prone to depression and always walked around under a dark cloud, this this affects the people um, in whose lives we touch, you know, if we're withdrawn or if we're prone to rage or if we withhold affection by keeping people off balance. I mean, the cessation of drinking, of, of compulsive overeating, is but the first step away from a highly strained, abnormal condition. So is recovery an overnight sensation? Absolutely not. Recovery is not an event. Recovery is a process of continuing to press in uh, to these steps are we sober? Absolutely, we're abstinent. We couldn't we couldn't do any of this work if we did not uh, have that separation um, from our substance because we can't bow to two powers. <laughs> we can't bow to the power of God and bow to uh, the power of addiction. You know, there's only one discipline here uh, that we get to choose, and that's either the discipline. Uh, that comes with addiction or the discipline that comes with God and these 12 steps and the principles that that are, uh, you know, taught in the in these pages. So, um, you know, <laughs> just, just reiterating here that, you know, abstinence is not enough. We've got to press into these steps and and allow the master, our higher power, to put us back together the way he intends us to be. And that means in every facet of our life, uh, particularly with these relationships. And step nine is the area where we get to interact with people, being very cautious, again, taking responsibility for our, the consequences of our behavior, but on the other hand, realizing that the truth can be used to injure as well as to heal. So we tread, we absolutely tread and we trudge, but we tread and trudge with, with um, our minds on the welfare of others as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah. Okay, there's now time to bring the meeting to a close. Thank you to everyone who has shared. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lauren, uh, would you be able to read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Um, I I would if, if uh, oh, geez, let me just get that page pulled up. Okay. Yes, Lauren S. Recovered today. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.